Hey everyone, I'm Serena. And I'm Tina, and we are the Mental Health Mamas. Welcome to No Need to Explain. We are so glad you're here. First, as always, a quick disclaimer. We come to you not as mental health professionals or experts in the field, but rather as the parents of kids who struggle with their emotional health. If you or someone you love is experiencing a mental health crisis, please seek professional support. You'll find a variety of resources in our show notes and on our website, no need to explain podcast.com. I know it's been a few years, but I wonder if you can remember what it's like when you first became a parent, Serena. Hmm. Yeah. So perhaps more than a few years. Um, (laughs) Although I do actually remember it quite clearly. I became a parent for the first time at 23. And I really thought I was prepared for what it would be like. I had many years of experience babysitting uh, and I love kids and babies. And I thought, how could it be hard? Right. Um, Yet I can still remember those first moments after bringing my newborn home, uh, standing in my apartment thinking, now what? (laughs) I don't even know what to do now. So what about you, Tina? What was becoming a parent like for you? Well, mine was a little further back than yours. My oldest is 27 and I too felt super ready to be a parent. And yet I was fairly blindsided. Um, Mine was not a sleeper, nor was she a good eater. And I was exhausted. I felt inadequate um, that those feelings were just so very real. And I also remember the feeling of the world kind of stopping, or at least I was unaware of anyone else functioning in the world. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. So like many of the things we talk about here on the podcast, it turns out it's normal, right? Yeah, this is normal. That. <laughs> <laughs> Most new parents think that they are totally prepared for the new rival. And yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not And we're bringing you a guest today to talk about this very thing. Catherine O'Brien has written a book called Happy with Baby, Essential Relationship Advice When Partners Become Parents. This book brings together Catherine's experience as a licensed marriage and family therapist, along with her own sense of vulnerability in feeling unprepared to manage the expectations of parenthood and relationships after the birth of her first child. Catherine, we welcome you to the podcast. Thank you both so much for having me here today. Yeah, so let's jump right in to the idea that none of us feels prepared for parenthood. We think we're prepared, right? Uh, So I I would say Tina knows me very well and can confirm that I approach every new experience as a learning experience. And so that (laughs) means I'm reading all the books, doing all the research, making all the plans, And of course, having a baby was no different. And yet, as I shared a moment ago, the reality was so different from what I expected. So Catherine, what's this all about? Why do we feel this way? Well, first of all, I talk to new parents all the time that feel exactly the way you both described Mm -hmm. um, a minute ago. And I think it is because as much as we try to plan, and some of us are big planners and some of us are not, there's no way to really plan for what you're going to feel like in the moment. We have no idea what we're going to feel like when something happens to us. And I think oftentimes too, we have expectations 
that something is going to go a certain way and then it doesn't, right? The baby doesn't mm-hmm. sleep or the baby is a picky eater or you have trouble with breastfeeding or whatever it is. And things are difficult. And then since we had these expectations, it really kind of knocks us for a loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> to say the least, <laughs> to say the least. Um, yes. One of the focuses of this podcast has been about self-care and how important it is to parents and well human beings. In fact, I believe we talk about it in just about every episode, right, Serena? Mm-hmm. We love that this is a significant part of your book. And not only that, but it's the very first section, which you've called taking care of yourself. Tell us about why you chose to start the book with self-care and why you see it as important to new parents. Yes. So I ask the parents that I work with to answer or evaluate three questions on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And the first one is, what am I doing to take care of myself? The second one is, what am I doing to connect and take care of my relationship? And the third one is, what am I doing to take care of and bond with my child? And I feel like it is not sustainable to do the following two questions long-term if we're not first making sure that we're taking care of ourselves. Um, It's one of the hardest ones. It's usually the last one on the list. It's the ones I talk to um, parents all the time that they're not doing. I believe I mentioned before we started on the recording that I struggle with myself too on an ongoing basis. Make sure like, what do I need to do to take care of my mental health? my physical health, to be able to continue to be a good parent, to be a good partner to my husband. And it's really hard to do those other things if we're not making sure that we're taking care of ourselves. So, so what, what do you say, Catherine, to, to parents out there who are you know, just overwhelmed and you know, I can't do it, I can't take care of myself, I don't have time. How do you, how do you talk them into it? Well, I think it's not about these big grand gestures. I think we hear self-care and at least for moms that I talked to at the time, it's like, well, I don't have time to go for a pedicure or I haven't had my hair, you know, done in a while or any of those. We think those are the things of mm-hmm. self-care. Those aren't, those are, those are great if you like to do them. Right. But I think it's also about the little things. And of course, I know there's people that would disagree with me, but I think it's also making sure we're getting those showers and those uh, getting a shower, I think is a necessity and we need to do it. It's those basic things that we need to make sure that we're doing that we're starting with to build on to other things, right? Like if you're not even making time to do that for yourself, then you're, it's going to be harder to do the big grand gestures. So I think it's about doing small things. It's taking those small moments. It's if, you know, maybe the baby goes down to sleep and I know there's a pile of laundry to do, but I also know I need to rest. I'm going to lay down for five minutes Mm -hmm. and then maybe get up or not (laughs) depending (laughs) on how I'm feeling. But, you know, it's like checking in with myself and what does my body need? Like, how am I feeling? What do I need in this moment versus, yeah, there's a lot of other things that need to happen, but they'll eventually get taken care of. So it's making sure that you start with, what do I need right now? I have a few minutes, you know, do I need to do something else? Mm-hmm. When I, like now that my kids are older too, you know, they play sports or whatever. And I'm always like, oh good, I'll go to their practice. And then I'll sit there and do work. But now I'm like, 
oh, I started like, I don't have to do work. Mm -hmm. I don't have to check my emails. Like Mm -hmm. it's after five anyways, why don't I take a book and read a book or do something else or go for a walk or something like that to take care of myself? Cause that's what I really need in these moments. So it's like, instead of feeling, oh, every, every moment I have, I have to fill it with something Mm -hmm. for someone else. I'm going to fill it for something for myself. That is so true for sure. It's uh those little things and, um, and the guilt that surrounds that, right. We don't have to be Serena, wait for it. We don't have to be perfect. Do we? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just going to comment on the idea of a, of a shower. And I learned that the hard way that that, like, that was the thing that I needed to feel like a human being. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if my husband left for work, before I got a shower, like that, just, that was all day, right. Feeling like, Oh, (laughs) yeah. Catherine, you and your husband have been leading uh, workshops for couples for a number of years, and he also wrote this book with you. One of the things that stands out to me in this book is that we get to hear about the challenges and conflicts from both parents, including the perspectives of both you and your husband. It's rare to be able to see the whole story in this way, right? It's all too familiar. The themes that come up again and again or around unfair division of parenting duties and other household tasks and keeping score of, you know, one another, keeping score with one another, not knowing or understanding what the other person needs mm-hmm. and conflict over the right way of doing things. Right. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can these conflicts be avoided or is this all just inevitable when adapting to the needs of a growing family? Well, I mean, I believe that when you're in a relationship with someone, there's always going to be disagreements and conflicts. And when you're tired and exhausted and feel like you're on this hamster wheel of sorts too, doing the same things every day and trying to figure out how to do these things, I think there's definitely going to be conflict. But I think it's also important to acknowledge to each other that things are changing And will continue to change and to check in with each other to understand how each of you are feeling because you're going to feel different things, but then you're also going to feel some of the same things. And so I think it's making sure that you're on the same page in the sense that you understand where each other is coming from. So my husband, and I still have conflict. <laughs> like, we teach this workshop. I would like to say, oh yeah, we've like mastered all the skills that we teach people. I mean, we haven't, mm-hmm. I mean, we do, We, it, but it's constant work. Like mm-hmm. we constantly have to work on having a good relationship with each other. It just doesn't, it's just not always easy. You mm-hmm. know, it's, we have to make the time. We have to make the, the, find the small moments to get in with each other during the week and also make the time for the, the bigger moments and the dates and, and little getaways and things like that. Yeah. And it sounds like that communication. I loved that you said checking in. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, just like we don't check in with ourselves, I think mm-hmm. um, just taking that moment of busyness and checking in with each other. Right. Well, and I think what happens too, before we have kids, I don't know if, if you guys remember experiencing this, but before kids, like I took for granted doing things for myself Mm -hmm. and, you know, being able to take care of myself and work out when I wanted to and Mm -hmm. have the bigger moment, you know, going to get my hair done when I wanted to. And then I also, my husband and I eat dinner every together every night and, and, you know, be able to go away for the weekend and go for long walks, you know, with not having to think about anything. And then the baby comes and it's not as easy to do those things, right? Because we're having to to figure out what, where's the baby going to be in this moment? Mm -hmm. And we're taking the baby with us and, 
you know, as a mom, I'm constantly thinking like 10 steps ahead of what's going to happen next. And what do I have to plan for and how many diapers or snacks or Mm. different things, you know, so constantly thinking ahead and not necessarily being in the moment with how I'm doing and what I need right now. So there is a part in your book that I love so much, and I'm hoping you're willing to share it with our listeners. It's actually the title of one of the chapters, and it is I'm Batmom, not Supermom. So tell us, Batmom, what does that mean? <laughs> well, first of all, I love that you love it. <laughs> and it has a special place in my heart for several different reasons. But first of all, I feel like I'm a recovering wannabe Supermom. <laughs> But I know that she's not attainable or sustainable as a mom or a person. And so when I was writing this book and talking to one of my editors about, you know, who I thought like super mom was, and it came out like, well, what about bat mom? And I was like, oh, I love bat mom because my husband is all about superheroes. Like I knew nothing about superheroes prior to, I mean, I'd seen Batman and Superman and that but I didn't really know anything about them. And now I'm well-versed in the difference between Marvel comics and DC (laughs) comics and everything superheroes. So then I was like, yes, tell me about, tell me about Batmom. Cause Batmom, she's resourceful. She asks for help. She seeks experts and friends that have strengths that she doesn't have to help give her the tools to add to her toolkit. Right. So she has a Robin who's willing to help her out and, you know, has her back when she's having a bad day. And then there's a commissioner Gordon who's wise and can see what's not working and offer ideas for different plans. And then there's also Lucius Fox, who's a super creative and artistic and can make great outfits. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, she does have Alfred, um, Batman's butler, but it's not like we have butlers. I don't have a butler, but just saying that there's always, there's always someone there to offer to help lend a hand if you listen and you ask for help, you know, and because usually there are people offering it, you just have to take it and um, be okay taking it. Um, And then of course she has all, she has all her other superhero friends, right? That they have their strengths. She, you know, maybe she does have a super mom friend. I I feel like I have one that she seems to magically get everything else done. But then she thinks I'm the super mom. So you know what I mean? Like we all see strengths in other people that we don't have. Um, and I think that's that's good and that's important and we need to lean on each other. So I'm definitely a bat mom. It's much more attainable to me and I don't feel like I have to do all the things perfectly and right and at super strength. Mm. So Serena, we have coined a, Catherine has, is going to lend us that bat mom. We are now. <laughs> Okay. Thank you. Um, Okay. Well, we hope, we hope it's not copyrighted because we're going to be using it. I haven't. No. Okay. Perfect. (laughs) I I don't hope nobody else has it either. I don't don't think so. We first time we've heard it. So um, one of the questions we like to ask all of our guests is about what they wish they had known earlier in their journey, whatever that journey might be. And since you've written an entire book based on what, uh, what you wish you had known when you had your first child, what's something you haven't talked about today that would be important to share with the world in terms of wisdom you've gained along the way? Well, I I don't know if it's something, I I mean, I think I have already talked about this, but I just kind of want to reinforce that piece of asking for help, taking help, uh, reaching out for help. Um, I feel like 
oftentimes we feel like maybe we're the only ones struggling or not enjoying all these moments with our children and get frustrated with our partners and when things don't go right. But in my, not only my professional experience, but my own personal experience as well, there's always somebody else there that has been where we're at and maybe has you know, a good ear to hear how we're feeling and being able to invalidate us and encourage us with what we're going through. And I think we need that support uh, now more than ever. I mean, we've always needed it. I just feel like it's more and more evident all the time that we cannot be doing this parenting journey alone and we need that support. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I really wish that uh, I had had this book um, or a book like this when I had had my first child. Uh, I think the idea that you're normalizing how hard it is, is super important. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it would be an awesome gift for any expecting couple. So where can people find your book and how might they connect with you for more? Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. You can find my book on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. And, or you can just go directly to my website at happywithbaby.com. And there's a link at the top about where you can connect to buy the book as well. So I'm on social media at all, on all social media platforms at happy with baby. So. All right. My new baby gift for every couple that I know. (laughs) There you go. Thank you. (laughs) So Catherine, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing this awesome book. And um, we mental health mamas like to normalize, and this was a, an incredibly normalizing conversation. So thanks for that. Thank you. So podcast friends, we are as always grateful for all of you listening and supporting us. You can help us out by visiting Apple podcasts, leaving us a review, subscribing, and please share with others. You'll find more content on our website. No need to explain podcast.com. We would also love to hear from you. So you can find our email address on our website. And we, again, we'd love to hear from you. And this is your gentle reminder to take good care of yourself while also taking care of your people. Thanks again for listening. Bye.